been a while. Holy crap! <laughs> this this show. Okay, let's let's put this into perspective. This show was recorded the last time we recorded an episode. I believe it was August tenth. Yeah, so that was uh, what three months ago. Five days later, I outed, and now we're and like. Now we were always trying to get back on the same page because it all depended on when I returned. It all depended on what your plans look like. And it took us fucking exactly 90 days. Exactly 90 exactly days. Exactly 90 <laughs> days. We were just like, yo, give me 90 days. Yeah. So I see you're growing a beard. I'm growing a beard. Yes. I don't believe in that no shave November crap. I just, I love, I want to, I want a winter beard. You want a winter beard? Yes. Like I... People don't know this about me. I love growing out my beard. People say it's like, oh, it looks disgusting and you need to. No, I love looking like that homeless dude, like that cozy homeless dude. <laughs> what? Like, okay. dude, having a long ass beard and fucking sweats on a winter day, it's like the greatest thing in the world. That's funny. Oh, no, I, I, I didn't realize that you were like just doing it because you. I'm doing it because I, I just I, don't care. <laughs> I, I never done No Shave November and I was like, I'll do it this year. What the? No shave November is just kind of like a, a what it, what it, a fad. It just appeared <laughs> because people are bored. Maybe I don't know. Maybe um, COVID killed that that whole thing because I think I doubt you know that. because COVID you know people couldn't get haircuts and their hair was getting long. I remember I had to cut my own hair at one point. Fuck that! My dad was like <laughs> COVID or no COVID. Even if I have to put a mask on, I'm cutting your hair. Like he's like I refuse to let you roll around the house. No, but d does he cut your hair normally? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, but, so you don't go to a barber shop? No, I do. What's a, what's a barber shop? Well, you save a lot of money La there. Last time I went to a barber shop was literally a decade ago. Really? Yeah, my dad has been cutting my hair for free for a decade. And you like the way your dad cuts your hair? Yes, because when I used to be in high school, I was in the ROTC. Mm -hmm. And the first person that ever got me used to that military fade buzz cut thing uh -huh. was my ROTC instructor. He took one look at me one day. He was like, Ramirez, you cannot don Air Force JROTC uniform and have that kind of hair. Not that he was being a dictator about it, mm -hmm. but he was just like, young man, who cuts your hair? I was like, I go to a barbershop. He's like, oh, that ends today. And no bullshit. This is in his classroom. He takes out the barber kit. And from that moment forward in 2008, that is the only way I've cut my hair. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and I even instructed my dad to do that. I said, Pop, it's it's numero uno all the way, number one all the way. Okay. And he's Pretty. like, I refuse to do zero. I was like, why? I want to do zero. Sorry. And yeah. he's, like, he's like, no, dude. He's like, I'm not having you roll around here looking like a cancerous testicle. I was like, dude, can you not <laughs> like define every haircut? <laughs> that is that is so wrong. But for, but for <laughs> but you, funny. but for you, it's like you're a dad. You're gonna grow a beard rapidly. Well, no, I mean I've grown it before. You're a dad and a husband, but it gets patchy. I've done it before. Yeah, and this I think is like the first time where I'm saying, okay, I'm gonna do the whole month. You know, right? I'm I'm gonna go 30 days to see what happens. So far, Jennifer is pretty happy with with the beard. Um, I'm not sure how to feel about it. To be honest with you, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I guess it's it feels new. Like I don't know how to feel about it. You know? Okay. Okay. All right. Because in the past, I've never been comfortable with it. I I would go maybe like two weeks and then mm. I would shave it because then it would get very itchy for me. Again, for me, I don't care. It's when you know what? It's weird because there was actually a point where I grew out my hair and my beard 
to the point where my hair was covering my eyes. I had bangs. And then I could bite my beard. And the only reason, no bullshit, the only reason that my dad made me cut the beard was because I had a job in review the next day. So I literally, please don't think I'm disgusting. All of that work, all of that hair, six months. Hmm. Six months. No haircut. I look like a woolly mammoth. I swear to God. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> I swear to God. My I had bangs and I could bite my beard. That's funny. And like I went to the hospital and the doctor was like, and the doctor was like, my mom was, was talking some shit about my hair. Uh, and then there was a nurse technician right beside. She was like, Freddie, you look so disgusting with that beard. Like you need to shave it. You look gross. I just made a wise ass remark. I was like, mom. Having a beard during the wintertime actually keeps your face warm and prevents you from having a cold. Nah, that's bullshit. And the nurse tech was like, no, he's right. He's right. Like, if I were you, I would I trim the beard a little bit. But no, he's absolutely right. That's funny. I mean, I thought about that. It's funny. I thought about that today. Um, right. Because I was like, well, <sighs> I guess it'll keep your face warm. But it, it has to be really cold outside. I feel like if it's like the winter we had last year, it's like. There's that no winter point. was bald. <laughs> that was, yeah, it was no and, winter. And so you know what? Your beard doesn't match your hairstyle, though. Like what? your hairstyle, it, it, having a beard doesn't it doesn't go right. What do you mean, like the like, hairstyle? Like your hairstyle, <laughs> like, like your hairstyle now. You uh -huh. look better without a beard. You look better clean shaven with this hairstyle than oh. you do with a beard. I kind of like it because I like that the baldness, you know, on the sides versus. Well, I don't know. You know, this. I guess I just. First time I'm going long on, on I, the beard. I, it's, it's kind of, look, you just gave me a slice of pizza and invited me to your home. But okay, it's like your hairstyle, you look 25. Your beard, you look exhausted. <laughs> well, okay. Either way. And if uh, I sound uh, a little more blunt, I have more confidence since I came back. <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's, it's like I said, this is new. So I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, but it's like, okay, it's like if you're going to get a beard though, like, I mean, Yo, one of your boys from the Mets did sponsor ch just for men, didn't he? Was it Chick uh, uh, Hernandez? Yeah, Keith was a long time. Keith spokesman. was a sponsor. Yeah, yeah for a long time. Uh, I don't know if he still does it, um, but yeah. I, could, I could see you going cocoa black on that beard. <laughs> no way, I'm not coloring it. No, I swear to God, you no, should. You either color no. it or you shave it. No, no, I'm gonna let it go. Color it no, or shave no. it, Kirby. You, dude, you don't. Leave, it's not gonna look right with your hair looking black. Well, it's and your gonna beard grow. White. My hair is gonna grow. So I'm like, we'll oh. see. You know, we'll see how how. Um, We'll see in two weeks, you know, when we come back for, mm. for another episode. Okay. You know? Yeah. Mm. All right. So any any new things for you? Like anything new? Oh, I'm writing a book. You're writing a book? I'm actually writing, well, it's not an autobiography. Mm -hmm. I'm actually writing a poetry book. Oh, I, okay. It's a book about, it's a book of love poems. I don't, nice. I'm not sure. I Yes, yeah, I didn't even tell you. No. Um, Ever since I was... This okay again. All credit goes to uh, Anthony Newman. Papa, may he rest in peace. When I when I was working with Papa, he um, he said, "Freddie, you're a very good writer." Mm -hmm. He said, "You're a very good writer." It's like I've written like little bullshit third grade essays or whatever. And he was, and he actually sat me down and he gave me this list of uh, he gave me this book of poems by black authors, and and I think he made me do a report on one of the poems. And from then on, like words just started rhyming to me. I could easily make a word rhyme. That's cool. That's it. That's not an easy. Uh, 
you know that's, that's I, a gift you, right there you know what i mean it's it's like this you know having mental intelligence is an indulgence but then you have to realize that it's a renaissance of knowledge that holds the component it's a matter of extension if you're paying attention because mental exhaustion can lead to all types of depression and leaves you and your money in a recession and then you wonder if the reason for your depression is because you fail to realize in your succession what you could do if you realized independence was an essence. That's good. <laughs> right off the... I mean, I don't know why. And, and I'm not bragging about it. But it's, it's a like, gift, it looks like. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's what I wanted to do. I even told one of my, my close friends, Jenna, who's been in my life for 25 years, said, you wrote, you wrote a children's book. Could you help me write a book? First of all, she was like, fuck no. Not no, she didn't want to do it, but no, you can do this on your own. Like, I can't help you write what you want to say. You have to say it. Right. And so if you have all these poems all the time, write them down. Just write them down. Yeah. And it's like the book is either a composition of poems that I've written before from like text messages to women, anything like that, or... Something I'm just right off the top of my head at that moment, at that time. Um, so that's a little small side project I've got going on. But other than that, um, I returned to comedy. You returned to comedy, yes. Yes, we will talk more about yes. that. But yes. I'm still curious. So you have saved text of uh, poems you sent to I do. other... Yes. <laughs> we can't I wait to read those. I do. Um, yeah, so... That's a, that's actually pretty big. I was like, I didn't, I wasn't expecting you telling me that you were going to do a book of poetry. Yeah, you know. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, like like oh, like. Sorry, I don't. I got to stop doing that. Um, it's like it's one of those things that I used to be. Remember, I used to be the guy that would talk way too big, way too early, and then it wouldn't pan out, and then you're left all disappointed and shit. Okay, I, I'm trying so, to remember. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, like, okay. Um, well, in particular, I'm saying me. You know me long enough to know that I overhype shit and it doesn't work out. Oh, um, yes, this at times. Is, yeah, this is the, <laughs> yeah at times. This is that thing where I didn't tell anybody because not that I'm not confident in telling anybody, but I want to see how serious I am about it before I start talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you you definitely brought it out today. So so yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to follow through on this one. Sure, sure. So for me, um, one big announcement I'm going to make is that I am on a spiritual journey now. I, I want to talk about that because that blew the fuck out of me. Yeah, it so, blew me away. So we talked about it uh, before we got on the podcast today. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm a lot closer to God than I've ever been, and sure. for me, that's a and for people who've been close to me. Um, have been shocked to hear it only because I've always been considering, you know, I've always considered myself as an atheist. You know, I never, that's new to me. I never really took to God. Um, and then growing up, you know, my parents were, we were involved in, in the Catholic church. Uh, I was I even, see that. I was even an altar boy. At one I can point. see that. <laughs> you can see. Okay. Clean cut Kirby, the altar boy. Yeah. I mean, but I never really stuck to it, to be honest with you. Like I would Nobody go to church, does. But there was never a moment where I'm like, man, I don't feel connected. Like, I always felt like, I was like, I don't feel connected to church. And I don't understand how people are connected to church. I feel the same way. Yeah. So I would always kind of go like, what am I doing here? You know, because I just always felt like it was sort of like a, 
you know, it just felt like people were following because they're following because their parents, you know, got them into it, tradition, or just because they don't want to go to hell. You ever yeah. feel threatened by church? People ever threaten you with church? Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that I, that I felt well, threatened by church, well, but no, I definitely and, uh, felt Lord like they me. wanted to push their religion there on me. There we go. Me. That's what I mean. But not by threatened necessarily, but have you? Or, come on, dude, we're Latino. Or Salvadorian. There are. I, no, I mean, some people. I'm not gonna. I, I think the threat thing. I think is legit. I don't think nobody's ever told me you're gonna go to hell. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me explain. Let me explain. No offense to Mexicans, but Salvador. I know a lot of Salvadorians that are like not overbearingly religious, but they'll do and say enough just to piss you off. But but what I'm getting at is, okay. Same thing with me, man. Baptized, first communion, did the classes, blah, blah, blah. They wanted me to read at church. No, it's back to your point. I used to be, remember people be like, oh, my grandmother, may she rest in peace. Freddie, oh, that music is, is devil music, and you're not going to go to heaven if you listen to that music, and it's already <laughs> written. I was like, oh, fuck. So basically, Evanescence is the reason I'm going to hell. Eminem is obviously the reason I'm going to hell. And people are like, and and people that join, you know, people that I know, they like, oh, oh, uh, Eminem, Nicki Minaj, Carol G, they all worship the devil. And I saw this movie about a woman that died and went to hell and saw Michael Jackson's spirit dancing. What the <laughs> fuck, bro? Well. It's, <laughs> those people I, frighten I, me, I do, bro. I'm have, glad you're yeah, not one of those no, no, people. No, no, I'm not one of those people. No, so I'm not. I'm not really like. I still but feel continue. like. Continue. I didn't mean to take over. I still feel like I. I need to really more or less. You know, go. Well, I do need to read the Bible and really kind of see what sticks. Uh, because right. the thing that got me into it was pretty much like, you know, it was it was one of those things where, um, so you know, on YouTube. If you watch YouTube, you know, you, ha yes. you have your account and you can see all these videos. You know, people can see what you've been watching, mm -hmm, basically. Mm -hmm. And the, the algorithm will put out these videos. Yeah. So Jen, you know, has her YouTube set up on her on the TV upstairs in the main room. So a lot of times I would go on YouTube and I would see these what look like motivational videos where right. I was like, I would always look at it and I was like, what is this? And I don't want to see that. So I immediately Those, would like, ads. It just looked like something, you know, like they would have like a celestial background and it would say something of like, oh, I met God today. And then, you know, and then I would just be like, <laughs> so I would be like, I don't want, I'm like, why is she watching all these videos, you know? So one day she just was like, look, watch this video, you know, of this woman who had an NDE. And I was like, what is an NDE? And she was like, it's a near death experience. So I was like, oh, okay. I was like, so at first, you know, I got to admit, I, I, I'll admit, I was very hesitant. I really wasn't crazy about watching it. I think yeah. I even said, how long is the video? Because if it was like under 10 minutes, I'll give it a shot, you know? Yeah. So I watched under it. Under five for me. Or yeah, or under five. You know, like it was it was like, I think like a seven minute video. Yeah. And I remember she, the the lady who spoke, she talked about what it was like to meet God and I remember just thinking, oh, like, that's actually a pretty cool story. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, oh, that's actually good. Because she said one thing that surprised me, and it was about, she was like, there is no hell. You know, she was just like, there's no such thing as hell when you go to heaven. And I was like, what? So I was kind of, kind of like, I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. But I was just thinking that's probably a one-off. You know, that's just yeah. one person with that. It can't possibly be everybody. You know? So little by little, you know, I start watching these videos or Jenna would be like, Hey, watch this one or watch this other one. I know this one's a long one, but watch it. And so I would right. start watching him. And before I knew it, 
I started looking at the commonalities. So all of them would say almost the same thing, even if they were religious or they weren't religious, they would say mm -hmm. that there was no hell, you know, like that was the first one that stuck, stuck out. And I said, that's crazy. Like, how is it that they're, that everybody just goes to the same place, you know? And it started to ask, I started to kind of like ask my own internal questions and I'm like, what, what does it mean that we all just go to the same place? And it's a place, they would all say the same thing. It was a place filled with love and that we would go there and the, the, I guess the one aspect that everybody had to go through was a life review. So, Ooh. so that would be your moment where you're going to get evaluated for something that you did, you know, for example, like, let's say, you know, you hurt somebody, you know, either emotionally or physically, you would go through that whole scenario all over again. Except you'll be the one that's affected. No, you, you, you would be you, right? Yeah. Doing it. But then you would, yeah, you would play the you other person. You would be the one that's affected. That, that, yeah, and you would feel the emotion that, that they got from the moment they hurt that you hurt them, basically. So you I, get to experience yes. all that pain yes. and suffering that they went through. And, you know, I, and, and, and there's supposedly other observers that are watching you as this plays on. So imagine going through so many life reviews. I would be like, okay, so that I, I find to be... I find it freeing, to be honest with you, knowing full well that we're all advanced spirits where we're going to heaven. But yes, we will have to go through a life review. They do say, there were a few that did say that there is there is a thing called hell, but it, it's a manifestation that you create. Mm, I was just about to react to that. Yeah. I was just about to react to that. Um. Wow. Okay. Well, well so, so for me, that was freeing i believe them you know like i yeah. feel it and their experiences have all been interesting because a lot of times they've been like on the operating room and they'll yeah. say like something went bad and then all of a sudden they just popped out of their bodies right mm -hmm. um and that's you know most of them and then there have been some that said they didn't understand how they got their their gifts their quote-unquote gifts sure and um one of them that really struck with me was a, a lady who could kind of like have senses or she could kind of see things happen before they actually happened. And then and she didn't realize that as a baby, she had like um, some sort of like seizure or some sort of medical event where mm. she was gone, you know? Yeah. And uh, the ambulance had to come and revive her back. And she was like, Whoa, I guess that's how she had her near death experience. Um, but she wasn't aware of it until her sibling told her about it. But it was just like all these commonalities and it kind of led me on a road of like, okay, I'm going to watch more of these videos and start to kind of like see these common themes. Some people were religious. Some people were not. Some were like, I want to see Jesus and they would see Jesus. So I thought it was pretty cool. And I thought it was interesting that they all said that the reason they came back was because they had work to do here. And a lot of it, it was just more or less like they couldn't be told what their work was. But they knew, like they had, they needed to 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 come back. I mean, they they did say, like they had. At, some of them did say that they had a choice. They could have stayed, which right. obviously that means they would have died, or they could have come back. And uh, sometimes, you know, there was like they pretty much knew that like, there was work for them to do. This seems like it's affected you deeply. It at did. some point that I, well, it's, because, it's, uh, it's left you, it's left you kind of like like not grasping for words, but it's left you like this is profound. Like, it is. Well, because then I started seeing things in other, like the my perspective started to change. Like I saw a documentary on this, um, this 
he's like a pr- music producer. I don't know if you heard of Jay Dilla. Eh. No. Did eh. you did you li- like know of him or no? And I'll uh, again when 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 I when we get to my part, I'll tell you how all of that plays in. But go on. Okay. So um, so he was like, you know, I was just watching the documentary. Nothing, sure. you know, like, and all of a sudden they said that he had, I guess he had cancer, and he apparently, you know, went to the hospital and. Mm. You know, he came back and like he he apparently felt like he had to finish his last album. Sure. And that he basically like had almost like a medical miracle where he just came out of it, did his last album, and mm-hmm. then he ended up by, dying. But it's almost like he was he had told his friends that he had come back for just to finish this, and then he was going to go. Right. And a lot of them said that it was like that he had said that many times, or his mom had said that, and I was just like. Oh, interesting. You know, so I connected, you know, with everything that I've watched with the You're conceptualizing. Yeah. And then the more I kind of started to kind of like to go down this path, I started seeing, you know, people talk about vibrations and frequencies and how people who have a positive frequency, you know. That's that. Okay. That's kind of where I fall off the cart because I'm (laughs) like, that's where it's, it's, that's too, that's too damn thorough. Well, you know, the, but the thing is, they, they describe. Yeah, I, like, I hope you don't think I'm disrespecting. No, you know, no, no, I don't no, think you're disrespecting. Yeah, but I'm like, yo, I was very like skeptical the whole man, time. Man, oh man! But that's reaching. But no, I don't think that's reaching. I just think that you know, it's like depending on your mindset. Because, Not reaching in a negative way, but like, man, you're going deeper than. Oh, I but that's even the thing expect. is like what I've what I've learned and what I've come to find out is that right. it is a leap of faith. Absolutely, you know, a I huge agree. leap I, of faith. I I, I believe. Sorry, I believe. I believe that timing is everything. Mm-hmm. Timing in the universe is everything. You weren't ready to do any of this when we first met five, ten years ago. Oh, no, definitely not. No. no. You had to have gone something, not necessarily traumatic, but you had to have gone through something big. It was a moment that you keep just to yourself. Mm-hmm. That you went through that made you realize, hey, oh, I need, yeah. I need to take this. Yeah, I, need to I, take, I did have a moment. Like I that. need to yeah. take this more seriously, even if it meant, hey, you know, I'm not smoking pot anymore. Hey, I'm not drinking anymore. You know what I mean? I'm drinking less. Well, well you know what? Like, but but, but, but well, let me finish. <laughs> go ahead. No, no. But that in itself is the definition of like growth and maturity. That's like the definition. You never stop learning as you grow, mm-hmm. and people learn differently. As yeah, some grow. people don't. And some people don't. Some people don't. Exactly. Go on. Well, so this is the thing that, like, the the vibrational frequency. The only reason I got into it was because, um, before I I left the library, I remember reading um, the CIA had done you know research on hemisync, which is using both hemispheres of your brain right mm-hmm. and that they would use frequencies to get to that so that they could actually project themselves i thought it was very that's i mean a, that's it was freaky shit it's freaky but and, and and then i found out that the institute that they did this in is here in virginia and, and no <laughs> okay, no but okay. it's like it's it sounds mm-hmm. kooky but it, it's like the fact that the cia declassified this it was made a sleep me, study program Sort of, yeah, sort of. No, no, sort no, 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 no. That's not really it a sleep was, study. It was, it was. It, they they induced sleep on them to test both hemispheres well, of the they brain. They don't really induce sleep. They kind of get you to that level right before sleep because that's a frequency. Okay. There's a frequency of right. when you I sleep. I remember seeing a. I remember seeing it. Sorry, I remember seeing a talk about that as a segment on Unsolved Mysteries. Right. Actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it dates back for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where I'm getting that from. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, 
they uh, i mean you know i would watch these little videos the short videos and they were talking about vibrational frequencies and they were talking about you know being positive sure. and they were saying you know people who are positive you know and just just come from a place of love will tend to get what they want sure. you know well things will come to them in a matter where they won't you know things would just be like oh you know like they're positive about life they're positive about the things that they want to do in the day and it did the day turns out great um and or things you know that they you know start to like want they're going to start to get like yeah. for example like better relationship with like their spouse or their siblings or whatever you know mm-hmm. and people will respond to them with that same frequency as well right so i you know again i was like well i'm gonna try it <laughs> exactly i'm i'm gonna try it you know because not for nothing you know uh jen i'm sure you you know like you I would be grumpy a lot. You know, I'd be very grumpy about a lot of things, you know, sometimes things that I'm like, mm, you know, like I would get very upset about certain things, but, but not grumpy. So more like straight laced. You were too <laughs> uptight. Grump- yeah. Well, too uptight. Right. So, but I feel like that's more on the grumpy side too, you know? So, oh, because that's oh. how I would say, cause I, I get that a lot, you know, like, Oh, he's grumpy, you know, go take a nap. You know, <laughs> I've never uh, seen, but, again, I've never seen you in a bad mood and you'll tell me doing, I'm in a oh, bad mood. Yeah. Yeah. So, I started changing my frequency and I got to say things have changed for the better. Mm-hmm. And I am attributing to this, you know, to all of these experiences that people have had when they've had their near death experiences and listening to them and trying to actually like follow what they're, what they're basically trying to communicate to right. us. So I'm seeing a lot of changes, you know, and I'm trying to be positive, not coming from a place of judgment and coming from a place of love. Um, and I find I've gotten a lot more positive response from it. Things that I didn't expect have come through. And and here's the story that I do want to share with you. Sure. So last, um, when I went to fantasy camp, I think I might've said it to you. I don't know. Um, there was a gentleman <laughs> there. So there's four fields, right? Where all the, the campers play. Yeah. Know? And there's a bathroom right in the middle, you mm-hmm. know, or like a public bathroom. Okay. And, I, I don't remember. I guess I went to, to the bathroom to go pee before a game. And this random just camper, I don't I didn't know him. He just was like he looked at me and he was like, You're gonna you're gonna have a great game today. And I was like and I was like, huh? And I kinda looked at him like, What? Thanks, bro. Positive <laughs> yeah, reinforcement. Yeah. No, but I was just kinda like first I was stunned and then I was sure. like, I don't know this guy. I was like, Is he drunk? I was like, like that was my initial thought. I'm like, damn, he's already drinking. Okay. <laughs> and this is like the playoffs at this point. So the games are gonna get very serious and competitive, right? Yeah. So um I remember just thinking like I just, you know, it was like thanked him. I kind of was skeptical about what he was saying. Sure. And I just was like, all right, whatever. Uh, that's weird. I'm gonna go play my game, you know. And we were playing the 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 best team, right? In the in the in in the playoffs. Okay. Um, we end up beating them. I end up having like the best game I've ever had, you know. I, in I remember. Baseball. Yeah, you yeah. told me you had a great game. I had, you know, like I brought, you know, hitting and also um, I had like three great great defensive plays, right? So again, it was yeah. like. A game that I was not expecting to have, a game that I was like, even my confidence, I was like, there's no way, you know, if I had told myself, you're going to have this type of game, wouldn't have believed it. Right. So I, you know, I remember thinking like, man, this guy was right. Like after the game, I remember looking for him and I said, hey, you were right. Like, thank you. You found him again after the game. (laughs) Yeah. After the game, I think, or maybe in the lockers, you know, I I was like, thanked him. I was like, I can't believe that 
what you said was true you know like that it, it came and he was just like very positive and i remember just thinking like oh this is he's a good guy you know like great great you know? guy absolutely so, good dude um i was just kind of like stunned and i remember thinking that was one memory that for some reason in camp i was like i'm this is a memory i'm never gonna forget and i remember just being like attributing to it oh he's he's such a good guy yeah he basically gave me great thought you know pushed some great thoughts to me and it happened right and now i'm starting to look back on it and i'm like he's just a positive you know he's got a positive frequency you know and i guess i was able to catch it in that moment um so for me i feel like that's what i want to continue to do like that's what i want to do going forward you know like i want to be like him in the sense that if i tell somebody hey you're gonna have a great day hey you're gonna have a great set hey you know like just to just push that out there i'm hoping so that you want to be that positive vibe generator i do want to be that positive vibe generator because i believe we are all from a you know we are all going into a place of love we all come from love and i feel like that's what we really need and it sounds so hippie <laughs> when you really think about it it's like all you gotta do is just be happy i don't know what i came from yeah. but it wasn't love so so now <laughs> i want to get to the point of like sure. how your your set went last night because i know that you had said that you had doubts um yeah. prior to the show so we had a we, we spoke on the phone yep and i said you know just you kind of have to filter it out based on some of the research I've done, some of the, you know, the things that I've watched and read. Um, yeah, they kind of say, you know, you're going to have negative thoughts. You're, you're going to have doubts. You're going to have, you know, questions. And but you can't allow that negativity to take a hold because then at that point, things are not really going to play out like you would like them to play. Out. And yeah. so, so I said to you, I was like, hey, look, I know the doubts, all this stuff. I was like, but just go to the show and project how it's gonna go like in the moment like as you're performing after the show you know if you if you project that you're gonna have a, an amazing set amazing response it's gonna happen so you were kind of like okay you know and i think maybe you had some skeptical to it you were a little I was bit very skeptical, skeptical. so I, I was just like just try to filter it out and i said to you the doubts the negative thoughts you know i was like don't allow them to have a vote or like they you can acknowledge it you can you can give them you know like that um what's the word i said to you i said you know basically you can buffer like it's like a little buffer like allow them to be there in the room but they don't get a vote there you go yeah yeah. yeah. They you, don't can get let a vote. Them, you can let them you can let them reside but you, can, you don't let them get a vote yeah they don't get a vote so so, so okay so how did it go up. okay yeah. so you know what? It's it's weird. And before I get to last night, I'm just going to quickly expound on everything. A, I'm proud of you. I mean, it's, it's I told you this over the phone when we spoke, that this wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. And this isn't something that I would mock you over or make jokes about. Because, you know. But see, that's the thing. I, I don't care. Like, well, if somebody mocks me and jokes about it, to be honest with you, it doesn't feel like it would, like, it, in the past, I would have been bothered by it, you know? Not my, yeah, okay. And I don't mean to be contradictory here. In mm -hmm. terms of like, but I mean, you know how when some people change, like mm -hmm. people like make, oh, he's a goody two shoes now. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for me, I was like, okay, you know what? Kirby was telling me a couple years ago that he felt like something was missing in his life. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got a great job. He's got a great family, but he's still, you've told me that you feel like something is still missing. Mm -hmm. One year later, look at where we are. Yeah. You get me? Yeah. Like you've, I mean, you, you, you might not say it because you don't feel it yet. But I can see it. Right. Like full fulfillment. Yeah. And fulfillment. I, I'd say like even like a month ago, I remember we would have conversations on the phone and we would talk about certain things. Yeah. And 
I, it always was me annoyed and angry at you or annoyed because you didn't follow through with something. I wasn't, yeah, exactly, there you go. And, That's what I mean. But follow now, through. Now, you know, I would say like the last time we had a conversation, I remember like, I think like a month ago, sure. I was just like, you know what? I support you. Like, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to come with that negative attitude anymore with you. And I even said, I love you. And I, whatever you decide, you know, go, go forward. Go with forward. It. I was like, I'm not going to tell you yes and no, but I will support you with whatever you do. And I even was like, you know what? I'm not the one to kind of tell you how you should live but your you, life. But you know what the difference is? There's a difference between somebody telling you how to live your life and being hands on in your life. And mm. then there's somebody advising you. Right, but I always okay. felt like my advice sometimes oh, would get a little too um, oh, yeah, aggressive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And so kick, I, I was like, but, I, but, I always felt bad. But, you know, like now I feel bad. But, but did I learn from it? Yes. Yes, but maybe you know that's not oh, the ad, oh, oh, attitude no, no, to take. No, 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 no. Listen, mm -hmm. take it like this, and and this is what I'm going to get into. So okay, I'm not an overly religious guy. Mm -hmm. But I know when God puts something in my face. And we're not here to talk about God. This whole episode isn't about God. But this is what I'm getting at. Right. When you were watching those little mini series on YouTube or whatever, when you were watching it, you were feeling something. Oh, yeah. You were interpreting something. Right. Something finally became easy for you to understand. Mm -hmm. For me, it's the same way, but in an entirely different medium. For example, have you ever heard of the band Skillet? No, I have not. Have you ever heard of the song Bring Me to Life by the band Evanescence? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the song, while Amy Lee, the lead singer, the female, she's singing, there's the guy on the side course. He's going, wake me up. Right, right. That guy is actually Paul McCoy, okay. lead singer of the band 12 Stones. I fucking love their music. Like I discovered their music through WWE. They used to use their music for their promos mm -hmm. and their packages. And I fell in love with their music. I have about maybe 12, 13 songs of theirs on my library. Mm -hmm. You know what I found out? What? They're a Christian rock band. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. I Bro. Mean, you didn't know that? <laughs> I did not know 12 Stones and Skillet were a Christian rock band. Oh, no. Not band. 12 Stones. I thought Evanescence no, 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 was no, no, a no, Christian. No, no, no. Evanescence is not. Oh, it's not? The guy that does the hook. Oh, so I must have confused it then. Okay. So the no, guy no, 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 no. She's not. She, they're not a Christian band, but she is religious. But. Uh-huh. Paul McCoy, the lead singer of the band 12 Stones that did the hook mm -hmm. in that song. He is the lead singer of the Christian oh, rock band okay, 12 okay. Stones. Okay. So I just assumed that it was Evanescence. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and the same thing with the band Skillet. Actually, I can't believe you've never heard of Skillet. Maybe um, I've heard their songs. I don't know. Right. But what I'm getting at is that's how I discovered being able to get closer to God mm -hmm. is the music. If you would have told me 10 five ten years ago freddie listened to christian rock i would have laughed at you mm -hmm. and i would have gone right back listening to dr dre and eminem but <laughs> no 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 seriously but no, I, I but no, I, I believe you right but i expanded on that i was like okay but in order for that to happen i have to find it in a way that's not pushy mm -hmm. it's not judgy right you know what i mean yeah yeah and, and i'll tell you a funny ass story um and then again once i started hearing their songs on wwe promos I started downloading them, mm -hmm. and I started listening. I was I was rocking out because their their shit is banger. It's they have some banging songs. All right, well, so all right, but so tell on. me about tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow. About yesterday, how did it go? Sure, 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 so sure, did sure, you sure, did sure. you have like the so, doubts going into man, the show? Oh man, okay, okay. Well, I was trying to lead the long way, but sure, yes, because I was like, dude, you know, this is your first time in five years. Mm -hmm. You want to be 
you want to hit it. You want to have a good show in your head. You're thinking you're having a kick-ass show with a large crowd. It's right. going to be great. Yeah. And then you get there, and, and then you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. Know. I wonder if it's too late to back out. You know, I just I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I got it in me. So that's when I called you, and of course we had the chat. But the two most important words that you're missing mm-hmm. that 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 really 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 resonated with resonated you. with me was lead off Homer. Oh yeah, lead off Homer. Lead yeah. off Homer. Again, Kirby, my interpretation of life is through sports. Mm-hmm. It the way you said it, it helped me understand the importance of what I was about to That's do. That's right, because I did want to use a sports analogy right. with you. Not for the sense of ego, not for the sense of a, of, of a confidence boost, but you said it because you know that this is the best way that I can understand the seriousness right. of the mm-hmm. moment. Right. And that's what I'm sitting here saying. Like When I was in Houston and I went to an Astros game, I was like, okay, I'm in a different major league stadium watching a baseball game. It's not Fenway. It's not Nats Park. It's not Camden Yards. I am 2,600 miles away from home at a baseball game. What am I going to take from this baseball game other than the chili dogs are a dollar and that the Astros are absolutely blowing out the Red Sox? What are you going to take from this? What I took from it was no matter what environment you're in, your concept of life will stay the same but with a different background. Right. You know what I mean? Watching a baseball game in a different stadium for me, like watching the Astros hit all of those home runs that night, it was kind of like there goes every dream you ever had out of the ballpark. It is now a a clean slate. Mm -hmm. Where do you go from here? You know what I mean? And and when I was, you know, and back to comedy-wise... It was the same thing. It was like, okay, Freddie, you've reached that moment in your life where for the first time in your life, you have so much shit you want to say. You just don't know how to say it. And you can talk. The world knows that I can talk. Oh, I, yeah. I run my <laughs> mouth. I run. But for the first time ever, Kirby, I was at that point where like the last five years was was why bother? Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares what I have to say. Mm-hmm. So who the fuck? Who who cares? When we went on that trip in July, I had brought it up, and you were telling me, "Yeah, man, go for it." But in reality, I still wasn't ready. The moment I knew I was ready was when I had I was no bullshit. I just remember getting so high one night. Two, like two, three weeks ago, just getting so high. I started talking to myself. Mm-hmm. I started composing a comedy set by myself. So you might have I, had an outer body experience. Yeah, I might have had a body because I was. Compo- I I mean, was if you were talking to yourself, I, you might have been talking to your higher self there. I was, I was spitting a comedy set to a fictitious audience. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was preparing, I was spitting out my comedy set as if I was telling it to somebody sitting right beside me. So when I got on stage last night, it was it was kind of already there. And I was telling myself, and this is like in warm-up. Oh, you, you know, and again, we're going to talk about God. If this is what I meant to do, so be it. But did you hit the lead-off home run? Hold on. Let me explain. No, no, no Let me explain. Sorry. Because we're, we're getting... We're, I feel like you're taking us the long route. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Not uh-huh. the longest route. 
if this is what I'm meant to do, so be it, right? Okay. But the comeback is not going to be easy. Okay. And yeah. take the little things, for example. Mm-hmm. My first comedy show in five years, and what the fuck happens? It's a flight of stairs. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you wanted the comeback, bro? This is where, because metaphorically saying, you got the, you got the hardest road now. Yeah. If I could take a look back at five years ago and last night, it was so simple to me. Maybe it was the weed. Maybe it was the two PBRs. Maybe it was your confidence boost. Mm-hmm. But it became so simple to me. Five years ago, I wanted to be Ralph Cooper. I wanted to be Alex Starr. I wanted to be Jesse Rivas. Shout out to those boys. I wanted to be you. I wanted to be Matt Dundoff. I wanted to be every, I wanted to be just like everybody. Okay. I wanted to take a piece of everybody and harness it for myself. Okay, so what happened yesterday? <laughs> Tomorrow, yes, yesterday I realized I am I I am already it. I am yeah. already unique enough. Mm-hmm. I, I've been telling you this that. is yeah. unique. Yeah. For the first time ever, I spoke with like. I had the confidence to tell a joke about my mom. Mm-hmm. I had the confidence to tell a joke about my dick. I had the confidence <laughs> to, to mock my... Pra- These are things that you that you didn't hear me say. You were just hearing me say stereotypical wheelchair jokes five years ago. I guess I wasn't there to hear the set, but I'm like... For the most part, you weren't, but you saw the videos all the time. Yeah. No, 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 you no. Know, yeah, if, your old sets, yes. Yeah, yeah my not, old not sets were last one so from last stale. Night. But, but so then... Did you hit the leadoff home run? I got it. All right. For the cop, every comedian there did a great job. Mm -hmm. Let me say that. But you set the tone. This shit was in your mama's attic. The setting was your mama's attic with eight or 10 or 12 people, however many people were there. Mm -hmm. In the olden days, I would be pissed off where I'd be like, man, I fucking came to a comedy show and I got to go upstairs and I'm only doing this for four people. Fuck that. So... Yes, last I night. I thought that was a bringer show. It was, but I had nobody to bring with. No, I no, no. I know you couldn't bring anybody, yeah. but I thought the other comics who the, were on the that other show. The comics did. No, but I'm saying I'm giving you I'm giving you the perspective of five years ago versus. Oh now. yeah, no, no. I get that. I get that. Five years ago, it was like, man, this this is bullshit. My mm-hmm. ta- my my chops are, are worth a bigger crowd. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think a lot of comics get like that. Now, yeah. now it's just like you know what. At least I have fucking people to perform for. for. Yeah, I learned as well. Uh, they weren't comics, right? They some were, some weren't. Oh, some were. Okay, I cool. learned to appreciate. This is gonna sound weird. I learned to appreciate the size of the box I was in. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I learned to appreciate the size of the box I was in because I'm gonna tell you something. Over the last six weeks, I have heard a lot of people tell me, metro access drivers or doctors or people that I'm working with. I hear people tell me, bro, you got blessings coming your way, bro. You're meant for big things. Like something big is going to happen to you. Like this, because where you are I, right because now. Because I feel like you you, like, like you this, just got to change that mindset. Yeah. You know, Metro Access drivers were like, you know, whatever your situation is uh, with anybody important in your life, the story's not over yet. Don't think that the story's over yet. I told you, you know. And, and, and Go ahead. And, and sorry. And in going, he's like. You've, I've heard it all the time for the last month. You've got big blessings coming here, man. You've got blessings coming here. I'm just like, you just got to project those yeah, blessings. You, you it seems like it. you got the you you got them coming your way. You so, just got to project them now. So it's like, yo, like last night was like, I won't call it a rebirth. I won't call it a rejuvenization. I got to be heard. Well, I told you, you know, like when I said that the leadoff home run, I was like, you got to. 
feel like you already hit that home and run. And that's what I'm saying. You got to feel like you you know what it what it sounded like when it left the bat. You got to know what it was like rounding the bases. So I was like, the same analogy holds for the comedy show. And I would imagine if you took it into that in that uh, mindset that that's probably what happened yesterday. I, I, th- I think I took the air out of the room. And when I say that, I, again, this is just my first show in five years. I got to meet some cool young people. Mm-hmm. These are young people that are going to wind up making more money than me at this thing. Who knows? But it was kind of like. That's that mindset, man. Right, Why right. are you selling yourself short? I'm not saying talk bad right, about them, right, right. but I'm saying like, you know, if they're young uh, talents, you should right. be an equal. Here's, the, here's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, I thought I was an equal. I was shit. I was talking shit. My shit didn't but see, No, no, no. But see, I'm like, I think well, you, there's a lot of times where we think, you know, we're there, but we don't really focus on the follow through. Right. Like, yeah, ex- here's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Last night, I had follow through. Yeah. Last night, I wasn't afraid to make a joke about a paralyzed penis. Mm-hmm. Last night, I wasn't afraid to make a joke about how I was raised by my mom. Mm-hmm. I come from a wonderful family, a, a beautiful family, but my family can be assholes. <laughs> I grew up I grew up with the greatest bunch of assholes lovingly ever. You know what I mean? I I grew up with a mother that would take me to these religious retreats. I'll tell you this story I was holding back. So my grandmother, her church wanted my mom to go to her this little retreat. I'm sure you've heard of those religious retreats where they take you away for the weekend and you're praying at three in the morning oh god no okay good you never experienced no that. i did never experience that. So, i didn't even so hear about in it spanish, until now in spanish they call them retiros uh-huh. retiros de la iglesia uh retreats for the church they go away for the weekend and there's mass at like two o'clock in the, like starting at seven o'clock in the evening Oof. and ending at two in the morning <laughs> Dude, my grandmother took me to one of those, and my mother made me leave my MP3 player in the car. I'll get to the funny part. They called my the church. My when they were calling, you know how they say, "Oh, anybody here got a problem that the Lord can solve?" Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Grandma. Um, <laughs> my grandmother stands up and she points, "Aki, Aki, over here." She's, oh po- she's pointing God. at me. <laughs> The church people come and bring this child of God to the stage. Hallelujah. And we're going to cure his Kirby, five members of that congregation picked me up out of my chair, laid me on the damn floor of the, <laughs> on the, on the damn floor of the middle of the church. This is 70, 80 people of this damn church watching me. Right. Okay. They're fucking, they, they pour these white, they put these white cloths on my legs and they start pouring holy water on my legs. Okay. That completely turned me off religion for years. Was it because they wet your pants? I no. <laughs> it was like they came at you like like well, they came. You ever seen those movies where the human race is replaced by aliens? Yeah, like, and it was like it was like that. I'm not. Well, sh- I'm just thinking of like one of one those, of us, like, those uh, one of us ev- evangelical churches where they kind of like slap you or they throw you onto yes, the floor. That's what I went through. Yeah, Do you get yes. Where the band is playing and the music and they're yeah. all dancing and they kind of yeah. look like a contorted right. spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, but they poured holy water on your yes. legs. Yes, they poured holy water on my legs. The band started playing. They started clapping. Bodies were twisting. What a waste. What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste but, of holy water. But, right. Right. And then and my, my grandmother, she was always discouraged. that Curry's laughing. No, bad. I'm just thinking of holy water. You know, like I remember my younger brother, whenever he got... 
he he was like uncontrollable we would throw we would throw holy water on him Jesus and one time it worked what the f- one time it worked what? we were like oh it's, maybe there's something to this holy what water the hell? <laughs> so so that whole experience happened right and uh-huh. I'm, it's 3 a.m at the church my legs my knees are wet whatever when the church is over bro i had people coming up touching my leg like the lord will heal you my mm-hmm, son mm-hmm. you will be walking that was 15 years ago here i am but it it, it it turned me off to religion until I found that that focal point that I was telling you about, about music and, and all this stuff. Um, I listen to 18 chapters of the Bible every night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I'm too lazy to pick up a book and read the Bible, but thank God the Bible has an audio app. Right. You know right. what I mean? So there's a difference. And then, you know, you have people say, well, reading the Bible is, doesn't mean anything. Going to church doesn't mean anything. You have to completely give yourself to the Lord to know that you're going. No, you don't. No, you no, I you mean, don't. I feel like some of it is I, I kind of agree with it. I, I wouldn't say that, you know, like I do feel. And I think this is where the discussion well, so, gets So this is where I, so like I kind of like, I guess, the science aspect of it, you know, where I'm like, I do believe if you change your mindset, you do focus on a different frequency, you're going to attract others who are on that same frequency. I have absolutely no problem with that, right? Mm -hmm. But isn't it up to people to find their own frequency? Of course. I mean, that is your job. Exactly. So I'm I'm on mine, you know, but I'm saying like, I could say that if I'm on my frequency and I notice that yours is on a lower end, me and you may not have much interaction yeah, or I, or if we do have an interaction i may realize i was like all right i need to move forward you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. until you kind of match mine but mm-hmm. at the same time i don't want to come from a place of judgment because i'm like what if you're going through some shit and i can't you know i'm like i'm no better if i'm judging you based on you know what i'm feeling from you, you know? but i will match your frequency on my time not your time yeah of course you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah yeah, if it's, uh, if it's and I think that's the concept that people have lost. Oh now. yeah, they no. want it done on their their time, time. right? So right. that's what uh, I was reading an article. It's funny that you said that because at one point I was like, man, I was like, oh, one day I was just like, it's hard to stay in that frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely, I was like, it's, it's, it, is. it comes in waves. Absolutely. And what the what the author of the article said, he was like, it's you know, it's you go through your ups and downs, and he was very like basically saying like if somebody you come through with with somebody if you come to somebody with a who has a low frequency mm-hmm. um he was like you know try to figure out why you feel like this person shouldn't be or like or why do you feel like this person brings out the negativity in you you know and instead of repressing it or judging them on it start to really like almost like dig into those feelings because then you'll understand you know what it is that you feel or why you feel that way that may be something that could have been you know a reason that something happened to you in the past so like you have to kind of like acknowledge those feelings and then at the same time which i agree i'm like if you repress them you're not doing anything about it you judge you're you're just thinking you're holier than thou and you're right. not you and know? you're not and the thing but, about uh, go ahead so you're so you're right, absolutely right that you know like i don't have like we don't always have to match frequencies. Exactly. So it's on your, you know, like when it, whenever you feel like you're, you're ready or like whenever you're, you know, in that vibrational state, same thing with me. So it's just like, you, you can't expect everybody, you know, you can't just surround yourself with people with the same frequency as you. 
but you're right it has to be on your time it, it, it has to be right because that's i mean come on again i i believe timing is everything we met when we were supposed to here we are now doing this show right we've taken trips together you know what i mean you've tried to teach me some intro and interpersonal things about your life as you've tried to pick up on the same things about my life what have you learned my life is not as easy as it seems, but my life is not as difficult as it seems. No, it's Same not. Thing it's with what I picked up, sorry, what I mm -hmm. picked up from you, okay, he might look, he might still look like he's figuring his shit out, but he knows what the fuck he's talking about. So it's best to pay attention. You know what I mean? It's like looks can be deceiving. Mm hmm. I can look at you and say, yo, I can't believe you have this beautiful house with two kids and, and a fantastic job. You look like a you look like a dude that just trades stock all day from the comfort of his own home. <laughs> I wish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the same thing with me. People would say, Oh, he's 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 completed he's a complete retard, he's a paraplegic, he's people are literally shocked when I speak I don't want to say eloquently, but when I start speaking to you the way I am right now, yeah, I've seen people's jaws hit the floor by the time I'm done. You know what I mean? And I'm not bragging about it. And this goes back to last night. I'm not. This is my first show in five years. Do I have a right to brag? Yes, I brag because I finally got over my fear of getting back on stage. Mm -hmm. Personally speaking, I believe I stole the show last night. I don't think anybody is a leadoff uh, home run. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think anybody got a louder ovation after I was done. I don't think anybody got an ovation louder well, than me after I was done. You know, that's a, the thing. I mean, you, I'm sorry you, if it sounds braggadocious. You, you set the tone, right? As a leadoff comic, yeah. if you do a great set, you know, the usually from the experience I've seen, you know, when a comic leads off with a home run. It usually trickles right down to everybody to else. everybody else. So I, I hope that was the case. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, people just lost energy towards the end, you know. I mean, which happens, you yeah. know. So, you know, I overall, mean, I'm glad to hear that, though. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I look at it like this. Like I said, five years ago when I did it, uh, five years ago when I left. So 11 years ago when I started, it was, I want to try to get, a, I'm going to try to steal the show every night. Like, But I was overconfident about it. I was mm -hmm. cocky about it. I was a dick about it. And when it didn't happen, I'd be down on myself. Now, and then I would always go to the other comics and be like, yo, how did I do, bro? You think I did okay? You know, and that's, I learned from Jesse Rivas, shout out, that that's like one of the golden rules of comedy not to break is you don't ask your peers what they think. Yeah, you. yeah. You don't. I didn't know that. Right. So. Or you build a rapport was, with a specific right, comic, right, you know, right. that's like that. Like I've kind of designated with yeah, you. Where you, you speak to somebody who's kind of your mentor, you right. know, not just any random, you know, exactly. comedian at the show. Exactly. And that's that's who Ralph, Alex, and Jay and all those boys were. They were mentors, you included. Mm -hmm. But I look at it now like, okay, I how can I teach these younger kids? How can I, I'm going to say kids, I don't care. How can I teach these younger cats that are doing it locally now? what would they want to know? Because I had a, a couple of the comics come up to me like, yo, bro, uh, I'm sorry if I offend you, but can I talk about you? Like, bro, I'm performing tonight. Don't worry. Like, if you want to make a joke, make a joke. You never know until you try. Right. And they were like, wait, bro, you're performing? I was like, yeah, I'm performing. It's my first show in five years. I used to do this. I took a five-year break. Well, their first thought was, man, how the fuck are we going to get you up there? And, you know, that was thought number one. Thought number two to myself while having a beer and smoking a little bit, I was you know what? I only did it for five years. I'm not saying I didn't reach the heights, 
mm-hmm. to teach these kids something. But I got something to teach these kids. Well, and I feel like, sorry. Yeah. And I feel like it's a generational thing. The comedy, the comedy scene, to me, has changed drastically from when I started mm-hmm. up to now. Where it was, we were mingling with guys like Alex and Ralph and, and Matt Dundas and, and Joe Hoffman and you and Eddie Lyles and these guys. Those guys have all moved up a notch. Yeah, they've all moved on. They've all moved on. And the and ones who have stayed you know have also moved on. And let me say this. I'm the only one that never moved on <laughs> until I, now. Well, yeah. Until now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we, we weren't we weren't letting out our skills. We were only letting it out on one outlet. Now we have a podcast. Now we have social media. Now, you know, you're doing what you're doing on a larger scale, as am I. Mm-hmm. I realized last night that I am my own unique individual and the concept of being unique is being raised in a unique environment. Like I said before, I I grew up with brothers that if I ever beat them in one level of PlayStation or some shit, I would get strangled with a controller. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I came from a time where people didn't think the handicapped guy could do shit. Well, we, so so we got to kind of wrap it up because yeah. we're actually almost at, at an hour at this point. Yeah. So what I will say this is I'm, I'm glad that you're taking on this mentor role for the new, you know, class. But of I'm comedians. still learning. Yeah. I, I still, still need a mentor. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know what and I mean? You, and you should. You should seek out a mentor. Uh, but I, I would say like, you know, just to kind of wrap it up, one, keep that visualization and projection going, you know, like. You talked about going to Houston and watching the game. And what you alluded to was just basically being in the same set of patterns that you were in. In a different setting. In a different setting. Yeah. So that kind of touches on the mirror principle, which I'll talk about at another time. Sure. But the mirror principle is basically what you project inward is what you're going to get reflected right back. And just to wrap up a, a small portion of your discussion as well, I'll just put it like this. You talk about vibrations and being on the same wavelength at times we are at mm-hmm. times we aren't right but at the and i just alluded to needing a mentor don't you think i don't want to say don't you think but i believe that your purpose in my life is to be that mentor am i saying hold my dick while i pee am i saying <laughs> tie my shoe and walk no, me through yeah, everything so so but, no, but i don't i'm I don't, learning from you yeah well see so here's my projection of us i would love you know like this is long you know like a long-term view i see us to be honest with you growing with this podcast growing our viewers eventually i would love for us to have our own business or even the the you know my wife and all of us having a business that we're helping people and to be honest with you this is how i project you (laughs) not as i'm mentoring you Uh but i see you more as a vital part of the of of this business you know that i envision um and i see you kind of even being our spokesman to be honest with you i'm a good pitchman also no i I see you as a spokesman and an integral part of it and i feel like you will grow and you will be just as equal as we are you know like i don't see you as like oh this is the guy i'm coaching you know i actually see that maybe we bounce off ideas off of one another and we work as equals my, my goal in your life no offense um, I, I love the change. I love the change in attitude. I love the, the journey here. I see you in a suit, though, too. 
no yeah fuck no <laughs> no i see you in the suit nope, and, I I, and i and i can say that i i will i envision us having a conversation hold on i see us having a conversation in about how you once looked versus how you are in that particular oh, time frame god yeah. no oh man i hate putting on suits i hate suits <laughs> i will only wear suits well, shirt and tie. I, 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 will, I see you as a shirt and tie and, and, a, and a jacket I for sure i can't jacket. do it yeah. not unless i lose the weight well if you're making six figures i would hope you put the suit on can't i just wear a jersey <laughs> no <laughs> not, if I, not if you're the spokesman can i be one of those cool ceos that not, wears jeans not, if you're the, not if you're the spokesman yeah i mean go you go to the you know the wizards game yeah go it's ahead just, it, go to that game go ahead a suit is just a suit to me is, is i'm telling you i envision it i, I am projecting it i, I, I it. am seeing it and i'm i'm telling you i even feel like we've had a conversation and laughed about it to be honest i'll with you. tell you what i'll wear a suit i will wear a suit mm-hmm. i will wear a suit to your to your five-year vow renewal mm-hmm. <laughs> i see you i see you as your own person living in your own place achieving what you want with the knowledge given to me by you no but i'm like it's because you no no because i'm like yes i could lead you there but it's up to you to take it that's what i'm saying so if you take it and and when you're ready and let's say maybe not now you're not ready but let's say eventually when you do i do see that i definitely see that so i feel like once you start to project once you start to like with the mirror principle which we'll talk about you start changing your patterns and you start recognizing your old patterns Mm -hmm. and avoiding them sure Watch, you'll see the difference. You'll get to where you want to go. You just, you just got to believe in it and also feel it. I've taken this, I've taken this kind of this mantra in my life lately. I don't care what's going. Not that I don't care about the world or the world around me, Mm -hmm. but I'm in my own little bubble right now. Everything that's going on outside of that bubble, I am not delusional to. But I'm just not choosing to get involved in the hectic part of it all. I would much rather light up my pipe, take a hit, and watch the world like descend into complete madness because I already know what I have to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not in some Well, I'm crazy just saying, way. like, when you start saying stuff like that, you're putting yourself in the world of madness. No, well, no, no, no. Because it's almost like it's almost like in a nice way saying, I don't give a fuck what happens to everybody else as long as I'm the last one standing. Mm. See, see, I think that that's a mindset thing that you have to Is change. It? Yeah. Okay, maybe. So, did you watch the video I sent you yesterday? No. To see, now I'm like, you got to watch ah. it. All right. And I'll give a little bit of a synopsis on Did it. you watch the video I sent you? Yes, I did. Oh, fucks. I do get all this. Yeah, I did watch I, it. And I was like, it? now I thoughts? see. Huh? What were your thoughts? Uh, I actually, I was like, you know what? You sounded just like him. I thought you, you, you were kind of on the same level. If anything, I was like, you and him definitely were on the same vibrational let, pattern that you're, let, you were talking about let, as far as like returning comedy. Let me, clo- let me close it out. Let me close out my segment. Wait, just hold with- on, hold on. Sure. The video you should watch is because you've mentioned it quite a little bit already on this, uh, on this hour that, you know, you, you smoke up, whatever. And this musician talks about his NDE and how he got there. And he took an edible and he ended up getting so high, so baked, basically, that he ended up thought he was going to die. And he ended up in the hospital. And that's where he had his NDE. And so I, I'm like, watch it because the way he talks, the way it's, he's just so relatable that honestly, when I first saw that it was an hour long, I was like, there's no way I'm going to watch all of it. 
I ended up watching the whole thing in one shot. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see now. I'm gonna try to sit. I don't have a choice but to sit. You have the hour. to. You I'm have gonna, to. I'm gonna. He's such a charismatic guy. You have to watch and, it. And I'm I'm gonna wrap up the the video that you saw. I'll, I'll, and again, this is also something I saw earlier today. He opened. Uh, his name is Phil Brooks. His real name is Phil Brooks, but his wrestling name is CM Punk. Mm -hmm. They all call him Punk. Right. So Punk basically said at the beginning of his promo, if there's anybody out there who was offended by the personal choices that I made with my life over the last five years, I'm sorry. Right. When he said that, that is exactly like what I wanted to tell the world. Mm -hmm. Because there are a few people at this point who know about my personal life, who don't know about my personal life, you know, obviously. Right. Ever since I came back from Houston, I lost people. I lost people thought, hey, Freddie was going to Houston forever and he's back after X amount of days. Okay, do you know why I went? According to the world, I just went to go get high and drink and party around with my brother. They don't know that I took something deeper from that. And people thought that I came back a bigger bitch than when I left. And I actually had people tell me, oh, bro, you fucking let me down. Oh, bro, you came back early. You spouted all this shit about leaving and you're back. Okay, first of all, and I'm not addressing anybody <laughs> specifically. Okay, first of all, that journey was my journey. Right, regardless. exactly. Mm -hmm. And to you and to anybody, that's what I'm trying to say. If any of the decisions that I have made in my life personally affected you to anybody listening and to you and your family. I am sorry. Okay. I am sorry. Uh, I, I who really would be affected by your decisions. I won't I mean, talk, I'm I won't just talk saying, about like, it. I I'm just saying to give it. them that much importance. Not, not that I'm gonna give it that much importance, but I'll I don't say think this: you should. Who are you? Who are you to tell me how bad I screwed up my life when I accomplished more down there in in X amount of days than you have in your well, entire period? So but, but I, I gotta wrap it up. Right, now. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'll close it. I'll close it this way. Finish, finish. This is this is a quote from Eminem that mm -hmm. changed my life, and I literally saw this an hour ago. I am okay with working i'm just going to contextualize it i've reached a point now where i'm okay being angry because that's what drives me it is okay no it is okay to work with a chip on your shoulder because some people are more motivated to succeed when they feel they have a chip on their shoulder well yeah but i i don't think anger is the emotion because I tell you, anger, yeah. anger just gives you. There, I mean, the, just because I'm like, I'm telling you, you go with anger, that's a negative emotion. The negative emotion is just going to bring nothing but negativity back to it, you. It all depends on how you harness your anger. <laughs> I don't agree with it. I'm just telling you, if you changed to a I'll, just I'll, a, to a more of a, if I'll you take the if you take the approach of anger and then you took the approach of of being coming from a place of love you're going to see a huge difference I'll, there. i'll give you that all right we're we'll, going to we'll, see a huge difference there. all right we'll wrap it yeah we'll because it. i'm telling you you're going to surround yourself with people who are going to love you people who are going to support you people who are not going to abandon you oh brother but i have a great coming, group of if, people like that but, now but yeah but i'm saying like you got to stay on that but if you come at it with a place of anger you're gonna attract people who are gonna disappoint you, people who are gonna abandon you, people who are gonna talk negative about you. And you have to learn. I didn't know how to so, deal with that. Back um, so then. I'm saying I know like, how to deal with it now. So if you come with negativity, negativity is gonna be right. 
it's going to reflect right back. And you're absolutely so that's absolutely, why I'm like, don't but, come, don't go with the negativity. And, I, and I'm not saying anger like I'm pissed off at the world. I'm saying no, but I'm, I'm just saying it's just not the right emotion. But, you know, I, I, that is not the right emotion. I, I don't. Okay, okay, fine. Anger probably is the wrong emotion to use. But like Eminem said, I am one of those people. I'm okay with calling myself a prize fighter. I will work for something. Mm-hmm. But I'm also okay with working with a chip on my shoulder. I think two years ago, three years ago, you called me lazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I did. You called me lazy. Yeah. I wouldn't, I probably, if I didn't use that as a chip on my shoulder, I probably wouldn't have changed a few things. I have to work with a chip on my shoulder. I have to work like, not that you're expecting me to fail, but I have to work like you expect me not to meet your expectations. That drives me to succeed and possibly go over your expectations. Mm -hmm. I have to be driven. I have to be intrinsically motivated. No, I agree with you there. I mean, but I feel like if you go continuously in that kind of path, all you're doing is setting up a pattern of like, I need to fail. I need to prove. I need to fail. I need to prove. I need to fail. You know, so that's why I'm like, you're you're never gonna get out of that pattern. I, you know I think, what I'm saying? I think you're trying like to you're tell always me. gonna have doubters and you're gonna always fight those doubters. And those doubters are never gonna disappear. So that's what I'm saying. Like you come into it with that kind of mindset, you're never gonna get out of that. I, I think you're I think you're very quietly trying to tell me that I have had more successes than I've had failures and I just don't realize it. Or, you know, you're breaking even. You know what I'm saying? Like you... Yeah, but you, I don't want to break even. I, exactly. Five wanna, years ago, Freddie would have been okay with breaking even. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to always break even with that mindset. Because I'm like, if, you, if you're telling me your motivation is drawn from people who are going to doubt you and people who are going to speak negative about you, and you're going to prove them wrong. Not that they're going to speak prove them negative, wrong, but and it's like the outcome to be negative. But then I'm like, you're not really breaking out of it. You know what I'm saying? Because then you're going to have your doubters again. Maybe the same set. But people thrive set. on that. Yeah. But I'm just I'm saying like they thrive on it, but it's almost a never ending cycle because it's like, well, what happened? When does your success begin? You know, or like when is your own happiness and your own success like where you own that success? When does that happen? You know, because I'm like the only ownership I see is the people who doubt you. Well, I mean, I've owned I've owned my success. I'm 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 again. It seems like you're on that path now, though, because I'm like you're kind of breaking out of it. But I'm just saying, like, if you think about it. When you have doubters, you have people who are going to always talk shit about you, but you're motivated by it. You're never going to do it for yourself. You're only doing it for your doubters. I I own my success. I just don't talk about it as much as I talk about my failures and any success that I do talk about is short-lived. But But why is that? Why Why is it short-lived? Because I didn't have the balls to follow through. Follow through. But yeah, you don't follow through with like how you- Because you doubt how far you can go. When you don't follow through on something, it's because you doubt whether you can actually finish it, whether you were good enough to do it in the first place. Well, I'll, I'll give like an analogy here, like a video game analogy. Sure. So you have, you know, like anytime you play a game, you know, you, you start and you try to finish the game. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking like, okay, remember, you know, like if you wa- remember like the old Nintendo games, sometimes uh, I grew up with SNES, but yes. But there was like no ending to the games like no, you would it finish and it was like level. oh good job you, you you did a good job start all over again and that's what i'm telling you is is that's the pattern it's like you're gonna you're gonna start the game you're gonna finish the game you're gonna beat it 
and then you start right back at level one again. Okay, I'll give you a But I'm saying, like, instead, you know, you should really think about, like, once I beat it, okay, what's the next part? You know, where do I go from here? Where, like, what is my role mm-hmm. next, you know, in, the, in this regard? My, I don't want to go back to level one. My, you know? in, my interpreting career. I uh-huh. would consider it one of the my, one of one of the greatest successes of my life. Okay, but are you Be- continu- are you still in- interpreting? Hell right yeah. Now? Okay. Hell yeah. I look back at where I started. I started in a free. I started for a freelancing company in Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. That I don't even know how I found the job. Had one job. I had one interview. Passed it. Took one training course for eight hours. Passed it, and I was freelancing my ass off for two years, working in juvies and medical homes. For me, the biggest success of my life came when I got accepted into that court interpreting job where I was taking court cases and flying out to Florida. Mm -hmm. That to me is a success. Why? Because the doctors told a 33-year-old woman from El Salvador that their son was never going to be normal, that he was going to have problems his whole entire life, and he would never live a normal life. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. What if I... But you don't envision yourself as CEO, though. Honestly, you don't envision yourself in a suit. I envision you myself, I but envis- you do envision on, yourself on, in, a, in your own place. I would assume. I, I envision myself in my own place. Okay. I envision myself as a CEO. Right. I don't envision myself as a CEO in a suit. A CEO in a suit. Okay. But I like, will never be a CEO <laughs> in a suit. What if you were the spokesman? Like I said, I will never wear a suit. <laughs> I will not wear a suit. <laughs> all right, all right. But you do envision yourself in your own place. Yes. What I'm trying to say with all of that is. Your successes begin from the seeds you plant. Mm-hmm. Even if those seeds bear so minimal fruit, you have to look at the amount of juices in that fruit because size can be deceiving. And I know that's a sexual entendre, but no. It's simple. I started off as a freelancer. Now my mama tells the world I work for the government. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't. Right. I'm just a court interpreter. To my mother, that's a huge success. Because she had four kids and only one of them ever completed a full year of college. Mm-hmm. Even though it took him two, 10 years and he dropped out. See what I'm saying? For the little guy who had that NDE, because I did have an NDE, but I was a baby. But my mother told me about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. What happened? Long story short, it was about two and a half weeks after they had brought me home from the hospital the second time. Because I had contracted some sort of pneumonia and I stayed over. Two weeks after being brought home... She was giving me a, shot, a bath, and uh, she noticed that I was turning blue. Oh, man. Um, she called a cab. She had my uncle call a cab, and she went to the hospital in nothing but her evening gown. What? Yeah. You never... Oh, I never heard the story. I mean, I've I don't think you, you, never, you never told me the story. I've never told you wow. the story. Okay, so continue. So again, you got to remember, I'm still a baby at this point. Right, but yeah. as the story goes. So I go blue. My mom gets into the cab and calls the hospital. And they raced me over to Children's National Medical Center. Now, I was born in D.C. General, but I grew up at Children's National. Uh-huh. Um, and they pretty much said, hey, your son is like your son. It ain't looking good. Like, the doctor yeah. to my mom. Uh, right. I'm incubated. I'm tubed up, whatever, whatever. So when I tell you that I grew up in hospitals, Kirby, I uh, I believe I was, it. I mean, I, I believe it. I was it, yeah. raised by so many women in my life. That go, that goes from my mother to my sister to the nurses that took care of me around the clock over 33 years. Right. So many women and caretakers have been involved in my life. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, 
so after they tell that to my mom, you know, my mom gets down on her knees and she does the whole. But back then, it seemed like a cheesy telenovela prayer. But she right. says, "Lord, this is my kid. I know you brought him down for a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. Take me instead of him. Like if you let him leave, live, no matter what happens to me, I'll be okay with it. Just don't take the kid." Right. Lo and behold, I awoke. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the birth complications, but they did tell my mom, "Look, he will never walk." He, you know, he's going to have physical paralysis his whole life. He's going to be mentally retarded because he's suffering from oxygen or whatever the fuck. Yeah. He's just not going to live a normal life. Like, are you okay with taking care of him the way he is going to be right. for the rest of his yeah, life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom was like, hell no. Like, like, my she mom said, was, hell no. Not like that. Like, no, no. <laughs> my, mother, my, mother, my mother was like, my mom was like, hell yeah. Like, he's my son. For yeah, he's a, I, right, I, right. I, I'm going to teach him what normal is. Like, what the fuck do you guys know about normal? Whoa. So, oh, wow. So, this happened when you were a baby. Yes. And you don't remember how many, like, months you were or, like, you know, if it was, like, right early uh, on as a newborn. Like I said, man, probably 90 days after I was born. It was probably, I was probably three months after I was born. So, I always thought that the the paralysis was due to the when you were given birth you know when your mom gave birth to you mm, according to okay according to family lore mm-hmm. they put a tube in my mom's stomach which therefore penetrated my head and i have a welt on the back of my head from where supposedly a tube got stuck or something went through i don't Is that know possible I don't know. I got the welt on my head to prove it. I don't um, I don't know. I again, I don't know. Uh well okay. But so then this was one where she said you you said she was giving you a bath and you turned blue. Yeah. I wasn't responding. She was according to the, the pouring water on me, slapping me awake, and but, it, it wasn't working. But you weren't um but at that point your legs were still where you were able to walk? No, I mean like your never, legs no, were never no, never. So this is the this is the crazy part. So I was actually born with my legs closed. Okay. I actually had to have a separate surgery to open my legs. Okay. And so the myriad of that is for the first five or six years of my life, I had surgery where I was wearing casts all the way up to my hip. And this is as you were a baby. And this is as I was a baby. Okay. You know, so my NDE, I don't remember my NDE. Of course, you're a baby. But the but but that NDE is like family lore, family legend. Like and so again, that mean like they took you to the hospital, obviously. Yes. So yeah, and again, Children's National Medical Center. Up until they kicked me out at age twenty two, that was my home. Hmm. That was where I grew up. That was where. So then you probably do have some gifts. You know, it's funny. Like we, we we've been talking for a long time. Yeah, we said and wrap I, it up ten minutes and ago. I know, and but I'm like, you probably. The fact that these people have been telling you you're blessed, you know, big things are coming. You think, yeah, I'm understanding it, but I'm just like, but okay, I'm just like, I don't see it. It's clear to me that if you've had an NDE, you do have gifts. Like, Freddie, you have something that you're sitting on and you don't even realize what you have. <laughs> but see, I'm like, a, you could be sitting see, on a pot of gold but, and you had no idea. But see, but see, I'm like, don't take this the wrong way because I don't want to discourage everything we've been speaking of, but I, I don't care. Well, it's because you're not ready. That's probably could it. be. You're just not ready. Could be, but see, I've never. I mean, seen, I wasn't ready at thirty three. I've never seen myself as anything special, though. Well, so not, it's not about special. I don't think it has anything to do with special. My gifts are normal. But <laughs> if you had an NDE, is it very possible that you have gifts that you may not even realize you have? I mean, I mean, I look. I look at my life honestly, Kirby. I look at my life, bro. 
How many people can say in their lives that they went from special education and eating, and I'm not being disrespectful. Please, somebody forgive me for this. I came from a time, and I came from a place, and I came from a setting where they told me and my mother to her face that I was only that I was only going to be able to live in the world with 24/7 accommodation and that I would be better off amongst people who were just like me. And what do I mean when I say that? What the world would deem as retarded. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. will only fit in with the special society. He will only fit in with the handicapped community. It's not safe for him to be in in the normal world. Right. But you were but, meant for but, something more. But again, you're clearly how, meant for something more. How many people? How many people can say in their lives that they were interviewed by Kathleen Matthews, that they were interviewed by Bruce Johnson from WUSA, mm-hmm. that they ran over Joe Flacco's foot while wearing a Patriots jersey at the Special Olympics? How many people can say that when they won at the Special Olympics, they made the they they made they made the sponsors play i'm shipping up to boston on the metal stand no well yeah uh, you know what uh, i mean how many people can say they show no, up to this not not many people but right I, but what i what i do think and you know based on what you're telling me here i have to believe that there's more to you and i think you just haven't tapped but, into but it you're yet. discovering that more who the balls would have known that or have ever thought that i was writing a poetry book well, no. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't have known oh, who, that. Who, but. Who, who would have thought that I, I actually have such a love and a passion for helping and interpreting that I actually want to start my own company? Well, you know, if you... if. If let's go with the analogy of, uh, of the X Men here, sure, sure, sure. But again, <laughs> but if, if a Professor X comes to you and is like, "Hey, look, you have some gifts that you need that you you've un- you clearly haven't, you know, tapped you've into. tapped into," wouldn't you listen and be like, "Well, maybe I do need to tap into this." Okay, Professor X, let me ask. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask you. Let me, let me ask you a question there. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been afraid of how powerful you could be? No. Yes, you are. I, I have. Yes, you I are. have. I have in the yes, past. Yes, you are. I have, but not not now. That's no. the thing. No. That's the thing, Kirby. I've never said this to you. I've never said this to anybody. Nor mm. have I ever said this this confidently. Mm. I know the power that I have. I know the talent that I have. But if I use it, I might not be able to control. Oh, Spider Man! No, 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 no. Because you know why? Because you know with why? Great because power. You know, comes, what is it? What's with the great word? power comes, comes great responsibility. Yeah, great responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but here's what I'm getting at. I'm one of those people that wants to let it all out at once. I can't dip and dab my little well, spurts. Of I hate power to break it to you, but things. you're you're going to be on a path where you're going to eventually all of it's going to come that's out. That's my point. Like yeah. again, that's why I asked you're going to be you, the phoenix. Have you? <laughs> have you? That's why I asked you. Have you ever been afraid of how powerful you could be? But see, that's the thing. Are you being powerful because you're bringing, you know, like you're trying to control? Or are you no, being powerful because I'm, you want to help? I'm being powerful because for the first time in 33 years, I'm using my actual voice with actual. Yeah, but I'm saying like. Languages let's, and let's feelings say, and let, expressions. Let's say you become a powerhouse comedian, sure, right? Sure, You're going to motivate others just like you. What's wrong with that? I would say in the same way that all of my teachers and again, the special thing about me, all of my teachers up until high school, at least once, all of my teachers were African-American female. Mm-hmm. And they would talk to me in that real old school way, like, boy, 
You know what I mean? Like Freddie, what'd you do? Like you know, like boy, get out of here with that. So for me, and <laughs> they would and, and they would always tell me, no bullshit. I was the only Latino light skinned kid in a school full of black people. Mm-hmm. I could not graduate the sixth grade without watching Roots. Mm-hmm. It's not a joke. This is for real. But what I'm getting at is, I would go back to when they would tell me, whenever it would be a rough day or whenever like it would be something bad where I was stuck, mm-hmm. they would tell me. When he get to high school, ain't nobody going to be there and feel sorry for him. When he get to this, ain't nobody. I'm not saying I would say that to fellow comics that would like mentorship, but I look at it like this. When I went to help, when I went to ask for mentorship from fellow comics, the one thing they all told me, I will help you. I'm just not going to give you the answers to how to help you. You have to watch. If you want to mentor... Or if you want to be mentored, you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Right. If I want to mentor this new batch of young cats coming up, I have to pay attention, not to what they're saying, but I have to pay attention to who they are. Right. To who they are. Right. And I could tell you, you know, based on teaching the class, you know. Yeah. I could I tell teach you, a class. My patients I could tell low. you that, you know, everybody's going to be different. Obviously, everybody's going to have their own motivations sure. for comedy. Absolutely. But. You know, there there is some truth to it. Like you can't give them answers because honestly, no. even if you did give them an answer, that's your perspective. You know, I, I, I may give a different, completely different answer. So what I'm saying is like I think some of that whole that I I'd say that bears some truth, but not complete truth. I'll tell I'll tell you this, and and probably the greatest thing ever said to me in comedy. Yeah, we've been talking for a while. <laughs> yeah. Short, short version. This is what the great Ralph Cooper. I say the great. This is what the great Ralph Cooper said to me. He said, "I love you. I think you're great. But here's two things. Number one, you are too fucking scared to go on first. Mm-hmm. Number two, you're not good enough to go on last. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? But see, so so what? Okay, so, go so ahead. So that so yeah. that mentality now is." I'm not nervous about going on first. If I went on last, I have to read who's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. Because if, because if I go on stage and somebody hits a grand slam before me, I'm fucked. Because I have to hit a home run. Or yeah, you follow up I with a home. You have to hit a home run. run. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because in my mind, it's already Freddie for everybody else. Nothing. Or or you could take this mindset. You know, somebody hits a grand slam before you. Just get on base. Just get on base. Yeah. But just I don't get believe on base. But see, five years ago, I just wanted to get on base. Yeah. Now I want to hit home runs. Right. I mean, you just have to, like you said, read the comics, read the room. I don't. I'm not, I'm not saying I see everybody as an enemy this go round, or I don't think I'm. I'm better than anybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm just paying attention to to the vibe in the room. Like I said, five years ago, if I would have told you, man, I was the best one of the whole night, you would have fucking laughed at me. Because the competition I was up against, not competition, but the roster that I was in there with, I was in a ring with some heavyweights. I was a young well, kid in the ring with some heavyweights. I also knew you weren't ready, too, because right. I gave you so many different producers to talk to, and you were I like, who's that? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know who that is. And, and you know I, what? And I used to be like, are you in the scene? Because I'm like, I don't understand. How I don't, don't know who these people. people. I no, I know. I was, I was one just of those like, you were, you were closed to who you, you yeah, hang out with. I was with. just one of those people. I was close to my, my circle, and whatever person in the circle offered me a spot i would do my set go home 
not talk to you until I felt the itch to perform again. Right. Now I'm not jumping to perform, but I am in the in the in the way of but what I'm saying overall is this. Five years ago, if I would have told you I stole the show, you would have laughed at me. Five years later, I believe I was the best performer that night. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody. The laughter wasn't the same when I got off stage. The, the The reaction from the crowd wasn't the same. Well, so I felt like I took most of the energy with me. I'm gonna do a lot of editing <laughs> to this episode. I know. but you can chop but, it up. But, in the but three. I will. I will say this though, because this is the the people do say you you got to live in the now. Yes, you know you got to be in the now in the present. You know the past. We focus on the past and the future too much, and not focus enough on the on the on the now. Correct. Now, this is something I was going to ask you about, um, and you know, I'm like, we got to it now. But um, I think what's interesting about comedy is that you are, when you're performing, you are in the present. There is no thinking about the past. There is no thinking about the future. You are straight head on with Absolutely. the audience, and the audience is also right there with you in the present absolutely it's akin to comedy i mean i feel like to sports where sports is the same thing you're you're tuned in to the moment well you you have to prepare right yeah you have to prepare right but it's like it's the one time where i would say when you perform and you have a joke that lands and you get that applause in that moment it feels amazing like there is I don't feel there's a way to capture those moments because even if you watch the video of your set later, mm-hmm. it does not translate the same. I, no, I it always doesn't. I always find that even the nights where I was like, man, it felt good, and then I listened to it or watched like the audience reaction, and I was like, that's not the reaction I remember. You know, like that's not how I remember. And you know what? And and five years ago, ten years ago, we would have been mad about it. Like you know what? I yeah. thought I got a better reaction. Yeah, I thought I you had a better I mean? reaction. Right, but then it's but, like, but it's also perspective because I feel like maybe those per- those moments aren't meant to be captured. But that's what I'm getting at. That's exactly my my point that I'm getting at. It's it's that now you appreciate the small stuff. For instance, yesterday for me, like I said, I felt like I was the best performance of the night. But what really made me emotional, what really kind of made me tear up, and thankfully I was in a private little corner. I started crying. I was like, I heard, when I heard them say, coming to the stage again, those four words, I hadn't heard those words in five years, brother. Mm-hmm. I was like, I remember yeah. that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember that feeling of, of, of coming to the stage. I remember it. And I was like, all right, now let's go. Right. Let's go because once you hear those four words, that's like that's like that's like you know you hear the umpire say play ball, or play the, ball, or the yeah. ref throws the ball up in or the batter air, up, the tip ball. Yeah. yeah, batter up. Yeah. And I was like, come into the stage, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of gives me goosebumps even hearing that because that's it's true. I'm like, again, if I hear that and then my name comes right after, it is well, it is a certain feeling. It is right, like, and again, I attribute my life, my understanding of my life to sports. Again, like you were telling me. Prepare like it's game seven. But not only you know prepare, feel. Right. You know, and what? that's what I was feeling. You know, because again, I was I was doing like I was doing like arm curls. I was doing like little stretches. I was getting my pump like I was in, when you hear the words coming to the stage, especially for a comic, it it's an acknowledgement, not just that your physical presence is there, 
But, yo, I'm about to lay some serious rubber down. Like, I wanted to tell the comics literally no bullshit for half a second when I had the mic. And after I said, my name is Freddie Vermeers, I literally wanted to have the balls and be like, follow that. <laughs> but I wasn't going to Oh, do my God, it. dude. If you would have said that, I would have been like, what but I the wasn't. heck, Freddie? But I wasn't. Yeah, thank you for not no, 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 no. doing that. But I wasn't. No, no, no. And I don't want that to be seen as arrogance. But it's yeah, like, oh, f- okay. Yeah. yeah, that would have been arrogance. <laughs> that would have been very big arrogance very right against. there. And then but, the other comics would have just followed up with just, you know, throwing tomatoes at you every single whooping. Yeah. They could have just as easily let me fall downstairs. Right. But the short version is, again, it gives you that energy. Those yeah, four but little it's words because it's, that. you're in the present. You're in that present. Drop a die. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Drop. Yeah. Because yeah. there, there is that that moment, like you said, you know, and I do remember specifically RFD in, in particular because there were nights where it was just like packed, you know, people. And the crowd was a dog oh, fight. Was it? Yeah, it was it a dog was a fight dog sometimes. Fight sometimes it was. Sometimes track. it was like, shh, man. Uh, but that moment, it's like, I'm on. Like you, the, the mic is on. You're on. People are the spotlights on you. You gotta go. I called you know? it DC's Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. for a reason because it was always a big fight atmosphere in that joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I'll say this: I used to think five, ten years ago that when I did my shit at RFD that I was like, man, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think I did well. I don't, you know, I, you know, I, I I based my excitement on people telling me I did well. Looking back on it now, Kirby, I performed there eight times. I think f- six out of those eight times. I was the best performance of the night. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, but now perspective. Go, but going now, going forward though, you know, you also can't for you. You can't forget too that strikeouts are inevitable. Absolutely, but those Absolutely. strikeouts you have to instead of being like, oh, it was just, just a bad at bat. Uh, uh, yeah. you have to like dissect why, why, yeah, and I, and I'll tell you why. Short. I wouldn't have had. I keep saying five years ago, but that's how much relevant it is to me. When I first did, when I, the first half of my comedy career, I was talking about stereotypical wheelchair jokes that were funny for five seconds and didn't mean anything. Good God, man. I now have the courage to say I've had 16 surgeries and my dick still doesn't work. <laughs> you would not have heard me even dare cross that line when I first started. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's just a basic, like you said, in the now. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't be pissed off about it later. You can't be pissed off about it five minutes ago. You can't be thinking about it a year from now. This is now. Whatever you were afraid of, that was five minutes ago. Yeah. Whatever you're afraid of, that's still five minutes ahead. Right, but also remember that you have to feel those successes you know like like not just you know like i'm gonna go up there and kill it but like you but see you know you killed it but you know you you've done it before you've you know like like i'm saying like you know people always say oh you've done this before but it's like no 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 the present but also know like five minutes from now i know that i i will get you know the best applause but sorry but what i'm getting at is just you keep saying it small successes small successes yeah what do you think again Hearing those four words coming to the stage, that is a small success. Having the balls to officially put my name on the roster sheet, that's a small success. Taking the mic, that's a small success. Like, again, I did not appreciate my small successes last time around. Yeah, but what I'm saying to you also is like what I told you yesterday. It's like not only those steps, but, but, what the, you're gonna but, take but in the what's future. on the other side of it. You know, like, like I told you, envision yourself 
performing envision yourself getting that applause at the end it's like oh you can't just be like those are the those are victories i'm like yeah that's those are victories <laughs> okay i'm not i'm not denying it i'm like yeah those are victories but your victory also comes in how you you project what's going to happen. Well, next, next stop is New York. Then, yeah. if I feel like no, no, no. But I'm no, saying no, like no, no. But you always want to go higher. Yeah, you want to go higher. But I'm saying like what I'm telling you is like the next show you do, you know, here in DC, project that you're also going to have, if not a better, you know, experience than what you had. I, before. Okay, I'll put it to you this way: I will never, I will not go into a comedy show knowing I'm going to win the fight. I'm going to come into the show. Just wanting to lay that perfect knock on the chin. So you got you got it reversed. <laughs> no, I no no no. You, know, but see, like, that's, you should know. That's my concept. You should know. But see, I'm, I'm saying, not singing victory early. That's go, my well, point. Okay, well then I would say you know like go with. Um, I will not tweet my own okay. horn until I get my did, first. Joke did you ever out. see the movie Days of Thunder? Bits and pieces. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Do you know five shows the way you want to do your five Ooh. shows? And do five shows the way I would like you to do the five shows okay. and see if there's a difference there. Oh. <laughs> I got to wear a suit for your five no, shows. No, no suit, but I'm just saying your mindset. Because I, I'm like, I think you got that reversed. I'm like, you should know what what your set's going to be. Because you should know that you're going to be one of the, you know, comedy subjective. Audiences may like one over the, you know, style of comedy over, over something else. But be that consistent comedian that gets booked onto a show, you know? When I had that mindset five years ago, it didn't go well. Now I go, you ever, you remember the movie, you know, Sangre por Sangre? Yeah. There's mm -hmm. a quote Miklo says. He's like, relax. When you want, is it, what did he say? When you want everything and you get nothing, that's indulgence. But when you expect nothing and get everything, that's destiny. That's my mindset. I'm going in there expecting yeah, nothing, but I, I and feel I'm like going to get everything. It it's, an it's an incomplete. But, but do you uh, understand the whole time? I, I'm I get to, what he's saying. It's my understanding of it. Yeah, I get what he's saying. It is but the way I, I would I say, like, it. I think what's missing there is the element of where, where where you're coming from. What type of mindset you're coming from? I'm coming from the mindset. What frequency I'm, are you in? I'm, I'm okay. Again, yeah. I, uh, in the way that I understand it, I am now coming with the mindset. That I have no pressure as to whether or not people are going to. And like why my is it that you have no pressure? Because I don't care whether people like my material. No, see, or not. that's the thing. You do want them I to do, care. I, I want I mean, them you to want, care. You, but, I want them to care, but I don't want them to go in hindsight. Oh, I don't. I think he's overusing that joke. No. Or I don't. I don't think that joke suits him. Or but see, you're you're getting in the focuses of uh, how you're going to get there. I think right. what, what I'm saying to you is like, don't focus on the how, but focus on. On what you've already accomplished I think and what I'm you're going to accomplish forward. I the same message to you and just in a different way. Yeah, I guess maybe when I'm hearing it, I guess I'm like thrown off because I'm like, no. You're that's filtering kinda, it as a negative connotation. No, not negative, but I'm just saying like you, you need to go further. What is What I'm saying is like I, I agree with everything you're telling me, but I don't definitely feel like it's, it's not cocky or arrogance, but it's almost like if I'm telling you, you know, like if you're in front of a mirror and you wave at it, right? You're you're gonna see yourself waving at it. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is like if you're projecting that you're gonna kill it, you know, you're gonna kill it. Sure. Because that's what's gonna project. Yeah, that's what you're you're expecting. Right. That's your expectation. Mm -hmm. And that's what you feel, and that's what you're gonna, you know, basically like envision. And mm -hmm. then 
if you allowed the doubts or you start to focus on the how and what I did here and what I'm, what I didn't do like five, you know, like what I'm doing now versus five years ago. I'm like, those things are going to be helpful, but I also feel like you still have to have that level of, you know, recognizance that this is what's going to happen in the end. Look at your life now and look at your life five years ago. God, I remember when we were having pizza together talking about, you know, just the possibility of you and your wife well, so, reuniting and rekindling your relationship. Right, and right. I look back at it now, and it's like, this is the thing. In order for you to take the giant steps that you needed to take to get here, you needed to take small steps first. Yeah. But, but in my position in my position, again, I'm not taking steps. I'm taking strides and strokes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So every stride that I take, I figure this way. Getting back into comedy was a major stride. Now you just want to stroke it because you wanna you want to continue. You want to continue being successful and building off of that one time, but you also don't want to use that one time as the springboard for doing it all the time. Does that make sense? You don't want your set to be that one-dimensional set every time. No, of course not. But I'm, but again, like I said, you're focused on the how there. you know. But I'm saying, like, it's funny that you say that because, like, I guess it was like six or seven years ago. Oh, no, no, more than that because it was, I think it was before Nick was born. Jennifer and I ended up here. You know, I remember we were looking for homes, a house to buy before we bought our first home in, in Fairfax. Sure. We were literally across the street. This was not a. This was not here. This wasn't here yet. This yeah. was like land, but it was also a church. There was a church, and this like, was a church lot. This whole thing? yeah, this was a lot. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So I remember we literally drove right across the street to these townhomes that are right there. You know how sometimes metro access mm-hmm. goes that way. Mm-hmm. We were driving around. It's like, man, this would be the perfect place, you know, to live to build a home. No, not to build a home. We weren't even thinking about building okay. a home. Okay. We were literally looking to buy a, a townhome there. Sure. And we were both kind of like, man, this would be ideal because we have the university there. This is kind of like central to like everything around us. You know, we really were like, this is where we would love to live. But we ended up buying a house over there. And I remember telling Jennifer, like once, you know, we started changing our mindset because she's also going through this thing too as well, that we were like, I was like, hold up. We were here literally years ago and said we wanted to live here. Here we are. And here we are. And we're not even living in, in those homes but what where did, we're here. But, but what were the events in between then and now that that, that, that We had a shared here? vision. You get me? We had a shared vision. Okay, but each each shared vision had its own steps and its own protocol. Of course. But right. That, but, but that's what they tell us. It's like what these people have said. It's not about how you get there. It's just you just have there. to know you're going to get there. This is, and again, I think this is where we're expounding the same message just in a different way. And this Maybe, is, yeah. And this is my thing. Dude, I'm 33 years old. Some people will say I have no drive, no vision. I'm lazy, yada, yada, yada. I look at it this way. I'm one of the happiest, go-luckiest dudes in the world. It's not that I'm lazy and refusing to pay attention. But do you not understand that a guy like me, I'm just happy to be here. Mm-hmm. So, so okay. So, t- tell me then, like, what, where do you want to be with comedy? Like, where would you say like, man, this is it personally. Yeah. The, 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 the fame doesn't matter to me so much. So, okay. Much, so, so, where, so what much, is it? so much. What as, does it look like? 
Honestly? Yeah, what does it look uh, like? An, an advocate for individuals with disabilities. So, like, where are you performing? I would like to perform, as horribly funny as this sounds, I'd like to perform at the opening ceremonies of the Special Olympics. Oh, okay. I would like to do a comedy show at Gallaudet University. Okay. I would like to tour university campuses. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because for me, a lot of people don't know this about me, I make wheelchair jokes all the time. Mm-hmm. But I have a very, very, very special place so if, in my heart for individuals so, with disabilities. So that would be the the, the top. Yes. You know, yeah. The to, top of the to, mountain. To be, to be not an advocate for people with disabilities, like give them a shot, mm-hmm. but rather look what the fuck happens when you give somebody a shot. But these are these are the these are the venues you you want to perform. These Abs- are the places that abso- you envision yourself absolutely, performing in. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Then that I, answers my question. Absolutely. Okay. Again, to me, I would trade all. I would trade all of the fame and the money for a date with you know who to McDonald's. That's how I see co- T- fame Taylor and Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't know who. who? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, you see what uh, I'm saying? Yeah. But but as long, mm-hmm. but as long as people say, "Hey, that guy in the wheelchair left an impression." Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Just a real quick story. I interpreted for Melvin Mora. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. That to me, I didn't even think about interpreting back then. I just wanted to speak Spanish to show off in front of the WBZ news cameras. Mm-hmm. But it opened the door when Melvin Mora tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, how old are you, kid? 19. He's like, do you speak Spanish fluently? Yeah. Do you realize the asset you could be to people just by speaking Spanish? I was like, I'm a 19-year-old kid. Fuck if I know. Yeah, yeah. He was like, no, dude, seriously, the way you interpreted for me and my wife to the news cameras, you can get paid for doing this. MLB superstar Melvin Mora told me this at 19. And he even signed my shirt with a message that said, keep inspiring. You see what I'm saying? Was I paying attention as to what that could be 10, 10, 12 years ago? No. Mm -hmm. But now, looking back on it, I'm interpreting in courthouses now, and it all began with interpreting for Melvin Mora. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I don't talk about my successes so much, or I don't anticipate success so much, because to me, the biggest success was getting to the dance. Right. There you go, Kirby. And that's why I just live, you know, that's just the way I see it. Yeah. For me, the biggest thing was that kid with the NDE in the hospital. He made it to the show. Right, because once you make it, it's once you make it, it's like okay, you made it. Now what? But even if it doesn't pan out the way you want, at least the kid made it. But I'm just not happy with making it. Right, you should. Again, yeah. I want to be that advocate for people with disabilities. Why not? Why me? But rather, why not me? Then that might be your. That might be it for you. That might be where you end up. Like I said, I want to tour college univers. I want to tour university auditoriums. I want to perform at Gallaudet. Like these are the things that I have envisioned myself doing. Right. I, I don't see myself headlining Grauman's Chinese Theater or whatever the Kodak Theater or some stadium out there where George Lopez and Richard. No. Yeah. Yeah. For right. Me, for me, for me, remember, my my slogan really in life is I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be here. Well, that's the thing. That's probably why you came back. You probably were, you know, you probably had your NDE. You came back and you were given 
you were told you basically have to come back for a reason. And there's a, there's and something could you got to do. Reason. That you could be talk it. about it. I mean, if you're talking about it, and from what it sounds like, this is, sounds like something that means near and dear to you, then maybe that's it. Do me a favor and listen to 12 Stones. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, this was a very This is an amazing good, episode. I don't care how yeah, long it was. <laughs> it was a long one, but it was a good an amazing one. episode. I'm going to I'm going to have to do a lot of editing on it, which I'm <laughs> actually looking forward to. Which means this podcast won't be available for at least 3 weeks. No, no, no. Uh I will definitely work on it because there's a lot and I feel like God the last like 47 minutes of Shit. it definitely like was was eye-opening. That was amazing. Yeah. Have we ever gotten that deep? <laughs> No, I mean, like it's funny because we were like, okay, we got to wrap it up, yeah. and then but you all don't of a want sudden, to. yeah, but then we just took like we it just took off, and then we found out that you had an NDE, and it's like, what? Okay, I don't tell people about yeah, it. Yeah, um, interesting, very interesting. Oh, all yeah. right, well, we will wrap this up, and then uh, yeah, we'll God, catch you guys that was again. just episode one. We got so much more. <laughs> all right, and that's it for now. Later.